Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here today for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It is Tuesday, August 16th, 2022, and we continue our catechesis in Luke's Gospel like we've been doing all summer, Uh, in particular, getting close to uh, Judgment Day, Holy Week, the whole deal. All right. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right, memory verse for the week. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 9. Our psalm this week is Psalm 120. Um, if you tried to do it at home, you'll note that this psalm was not in the hymnal, meaning it does it has not found a place in the liturgical life of the church, and thus they left it out. It's not appointed uh, for any day of the year, uh, and I think that's a shame. Right. It is God's word given to us to speak, so we'll do it here. In my distress, I called to the Lord, and He answered me. Deliver me, O Lord, from lying lips, from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given to you, and what more shall be done to you, you deceitful tongue, a warrior's sharp arrows with glowing coals of the broom tree? Woe to me that I sojourn in Meshech, that I dwell among the tents of Kedar. Too long have I had my dwelling among those who hate peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, Meshach, or Mosok, is named as the son of Japheth in Genesis 10 um, and in 1 Chronicles 1. Could be the son of Shem in 1 Chronicles 1 as well. All right, so it's uh, the son of Japheth or the son of Shem. And also Kedar, uh, the tents of Kedar is, uh, well, it's actually still there. It's on the West Bank, a rural Israeli settlement in the West Bank located um, on the south of Ma'al Adumim. Uh, let's see, anything else? It's in dispute, of course, yes. I'm sure there's more that could be said about that. Um, I do want to note, uh, when we read these psalms and we, we find, oh, uh, yeah, I can sympathize with this, or this does seem, uh, as the comment, deceitful tongues everywhere, right? Deliver me, O Lord, from lying lips from a deceitful tongue. Of course, primarily, that's um, the liars who lead you away from faith in Christ. That's primarily what the scriptures have in mind. Of course, um, all sorts of deceit then make can also bring um, uh, difficulty into your life, right? Um, so we we don't just want you know false doctrine out of our life, but but also um, all misrepresentation, lies, and and the, and such, right? Um, and this is why, you know, perhaps that's an interesting thought. Um, perhaps my social media feeds, if you follow, if you look at any of them, whether it's the Telegram channel for um, Pastor Riley and I, or look at uh, 
uh, Instagram stories or you look at uh, Facebook and my wall posts, what I'm exposing often is um, the lies and misrepresentations that are used to manipulate and control you, right? Um, And that's the only way that, that you can break their spell is actually to expose them. And it does come off kind of like a black pill, I guess is what they call it today. Um, our, our encouragement, our hope, our optimism is never in ourselves, but it's actually in the Lord who answers, who delivers, right? Um, not in the deceitful tongues, not in the sharp arrows of the warrior, right? Not those uh, in those who hate peace, right? And so I would also suggest that we should read this as a psalm of Jesus. We'll maybe talk about this on Saturday, but when we look at more detail into the psalm, Think of Jesus. When I am for am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. Right? And we we've been seeing that in Luke's gospel. We see it in all the gospels, but in particular in Luke, um, the more he speaks uh, of the gospel, forgiveness of sins, of of deliverance from evil and from temptation, the more they hate him for it. Right? He's he's offering to them. He's he's delivering to them even the promise of peace between God and man. And they refuse and, and actually uh, become openly hostile and even seek his life, right? We saw that in the parables, and we'll hear it today from our gospel reading today as well, right? So this is a psalm of Jesus. I think if you read it first and foremost is that, you know, ah, I hear it. I hear it. This is, this is Holy Week, or this is um, Jesus being uh, assaulted by liars in, in, the, in the temple. Okay. First reading, Malachi chapter 3. Will a man rob God, yet you have robbed me? But you say, in what way have I robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open to you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing, that there will not be room enough to receive it, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit, in your field, says the Lord of hosts, and all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. All right, if you've ever had a stewardship uh, series in, in church, you probably heard this text, uh, and I, I think for good reason, because uh, one of the ways that our sinful rebellion against God is manifest in our lives is by our refusal um, to care for uh, the congregation to which he's, he's attached us, right, that he's called and gathered us into, so we, we don't care for those whose responsibility is to preach and teach and minister the sacraments to us. We don't care for the maintenance of the facilities, right? We don't care for the sick and those in need, um, within, especially within our household, the household of faith, right? And so Malachi is reminding of God's people, you, that that is an act of sinful rebellion, and it is a test or a trial against God, right? You're, you're, <laughs> you're putting God to the test, by not following his ordained prescription of giving of the first fruits. Um, I, I did make a post on uh, social yesterday, another one just to kind of reveal, I think I remember where I put it, or no, maybe I just wrote it in a comment to someone else. Um, but uh, income tax, federal income tax, which is a relatively new innovation um, in the history of the world, uh, income tax is actually, I would say, a godless distortion of um, the tithe that was uh, com- commanded by God in particular, uh, for the maintenance and preservation of the church, right? And so then, now the state is demanding a tithe for the maintenance and preservation of the state. So you can see what's going on there. Not only are they placing themselves in in the place of God, right, making demands uh, contrary to God's word, but they are also establishing themselves as uh, a false church against God's word. 
right? There are other means of taxation that would be perfectly valid, a flat tax, for example, on sales. Um, and of course, historically, until income tax in the early 20th century, um, most income or most taxation came through tariffs, right? So either export or import tariffs, which also makes sense, right? Because those don't affect your income. Right? I did see a, a sarcastic post yesterday, uh, I think on Twitter or somewhere, and uh, the, the proposal was to repeal all taxation and then um, those who want such social programs, right? Wh whatever social program you're talking about, um, you know, welfare program or whatnot, I mean, if that's a priority for you, then you support it, right? If you want public schools, then you pay for public schools. If you want, you know, this, then you pay for it, right? Rather than it being demanded out of obligation um, without representation, instead, uh, you know, just saying, well, if these programs are so important to you, then pay for them, right? Uh, yeah, you know how well that would go. <laughs> so you can see that these this demand of uh, income, especially first fruits income, which is what happens with taxation, that comes right out of your paycheck, right? Um, is actually, it's it's a um, godless facsimile. Well, it's not godless, but a, um, a, uh, a pagan facsimile of what God actually had prescribed for the sake of faith and for the sake of the building up of the church. All right. So a little bit on taxation there for you. <laughs> but note, uh, our gifts and offerings, our tithes and offerings, um, are considered robbery when we withhold them from God, right? Because he gave them to us for that purpose. Okay. And of course, we're challenging him. Like, well, uh, I think I mentioned this on Sunday, right? We give first, and then, um, then we trust that God will provide what we need for the rest. Chris says it should be, then there, there is charity. Yeah. The problem is, is that uh, today, um, I wouldn't say it's a majority, but many charities are actually um, agents of the state. Um, we call these non-governmental organizations. They're usually 501c3s, so registered charities, but they operate on at the behest and, and following the mandates of the state. Um, immigration services are this way. Lutheran Immigration Refugee Service um, is not an organization that you can support. Um, it's largely aligned with the ELCA, but um, Missouri Synod churches have, have supported it. Um, they they are uh, support uh, LBGTQ agendas. Um, they've been involved in all sorts of um, sex and child trafficking um, situations, um, and they do so with the endorsement and with the financial support of the state itself. So how does that make it Lutheran? Right. So yeah. Um, True charity operates out of the church or, or a church-based organization and does not require um, assistance from the state. Uh, there's no way to do that without um, compromising, I think. All right. And so, uh, by the way, charity is the second word. Um, offerings belong to charity. Yeah. You have to be careful with the um, non-governmental organizations. A lot of charities um, actually are just um, ways for uh, our government to engage in activities um, I want to say covertly, but um, obtusely, <laughs> right? They fund the NGO. The NGO does the work. Um, NGOs are responsible for the for the migrant caravans coming through the South. Um, they were doing that work six months to a year before starting uh, advertising in Latin American states long before Biden was even elected. So um, they knew what was going to happen. It was all planned, and uh, that's why we have that that uh, immigrant crisis on the border. Um, through uh, Catholic Charities, um, Lutheran Immigration Refugee Service, and, and there's others. Okay, uh, let's see. <laughs> we got off the beaten path there a little bit. Let's, let's get down to it here. Signs of the end, Luke 21. 
Then as some spoke of the temple, how he adorned it with beautiful stones and donations to the topic, he said, These things which you see, the days will come in which not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. So they asked him, saying, Teacher, but when will these things be? And what sign will there be when these things are about to take place? And he said, Take heed that you not be deceived, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time is drawn near. Therefore do not go after them, but when you hear of wars and commotions, do not be terrified, for these things must come to pass first, but the end will not come immediately. And then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes in various places, and famines and pestilences, and there will be fearful sights and great signs from in, from heaven. But before all these things, you they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons. You will be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake, but it will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. Therefore, settle it in your hearts not to meditate beforehand on what you will answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But not a hair of your head shall be lost. By your patience, possess your souls. All right. Uh, You probably know this uh, kind of the parallel text from Matthew because it's in our... uh, lectionary towards the end of the church year, you know, so October, November. Um, some u- unique elements here from Luke, so let's let's dig in. All right. Um, notice what they began speaking about, the beautiful stones and donations in the temple, right? When I said uh, to care for the, the needs of the Christian congregation and the building up the congregation, that doesn't necessarily mean the maintenance and upkeep of the building, although it can, or even of the, of the vessels and of all the sacred, you know, the objects that are set apart, um, the font and the pulpit and you know, the, the communion and distribution or the organ or the things that we use for worship. Um, what he's talking about here, or of course, I, I guess you might say the excessiveness of it, right? But regardless, you know, God had commanded that the temple be adorned with beauty, right? That the beauty be drawn out from creation, whether it's the carvers or the, or the stone cutters, right? So they're talking about it. And he said, what? Regarding that temple... The days will come in which not one stone will be left upon another and that shall not be thrown down. Right? So this is always a challenge for us. to uh, We don't want to attach our faith um, to earthly things, things that moth and rust will destroy. What two questions then do this, the disciples ask? Well, when will these things be and what will be the sign? What sign will there be when these things are taking place? Right? Uh, these questions are addressing an actual event that is fulfilled um, in the lifetime of some of the apostles, namely John. We're talking about the destruction of the temple and then of Jerusalem. This happened, uh, it was finally, every stone was, not one stone was left upon another um, by uh, Nero in AD 70, right? So about, you know, 30-ish years later. Although I think the sack of Jerusalem started in 64, maybe, AD. So, you know, it took many, many years. So he's foretelling an actual event um, that, that many of them will see, or at least their, their offspring will see. Right. Um, what does Jesus warn them about first? Right? Not the destruction, but take heed in, that you not be deceived of false teachers, right? Who clum, come claiming to be Jesus returned or are announcing the end. 
All right, some have asked, are we in the end times? I don't know. Uh, but what I see certainly are signs of the end, right? The death throes. What does he say is not a mark of the end? Verse 9, look at this. When you hear of wars and commotions, do not be terrified. These things must take place first, but the end will not come immediately. Notice, wars and commotions are not a mark of the end. These are things that happen all the time. What other things would come during the life of the apostles? He's describing events that will happen here. Nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom, earthquakes, famines, pestilences, fearful sights, and great signs from heaven. All of this, just read the book of Acts. They're fulfilled, all right? That isn't to say that they, he isn't also describing maybe um, the end of all time, right? The end of this creation. But uh, precisely, he's talking about that in the life of the apostles. And note, um, as we see in the book of Acts, what does he say? Verse 13, this is an occasion for testimony, that is, to preach, right? Um, notice that he also says, don't try to figure out what you're going to say in advance. Meditate on it in advance, um, because what does he promise? I will give you, verse 15, a mouth of wisdom, a mouth and wisdom, right? Which the adversaries would not be able to contradict or resist, right? This is very important for us. I think um, Christians are often fearful of giving witness to the faith. What am I going to say? How am I going to say it? Now, in one sense, the church equips you for this, right? Through regular study of God's word um, and giving you, I would suggest, uh, brief ways to confess the faith, you know, um, Think of the, of the catechism, right? The way, you know, it has the creed and the prayer, um, the Ten Commands. These are easy, you know, confessions of uh, what it means or what it, what we believe as Christians, as well as the sacraments of baptism, Lord's Supper, uh, and absolution, right? If you, if you know the catechism, you'll have at least some basic confession to make, right? Um, but from there, again, um, the Holy Spirit is what he's promising here. We'll give them both the mouth... Um, so the words and the wisdom, right? To say the right words. Chris says, absolutely afraid our faith isn't good enough, right? I think that's maybe one of the things that, that gets in the way of our testimony is that we think um, or we're concerned about how it will be received, right? Well, that's actually, according to Jesus here, that's outside of our control, both what we are going to say and then how it's going to be received. All this is the domain of the Holy Spirit working both in our hearts and in the hearts of our hearers, right? And those who we speak to, right? But yes, um, it is sometimes going to be resist with or be resisted uh, with violence, right? Which is the next verse, verse sixteen. Uh, you will be betrayed, right? So uh, betrayed over to the godless um, emperor, right? Nero in particular. So we call these spies, right? Uh, and and no, even family, parents, brothers, relatives, and friends uh, will sell you out. In other words, and. What would happen to some of the apostles even because of this? You see this with James of Jerusalem in Acts. They will put some of you to death, right? Where Herod killed him. Um, now note, um, we're not hated because of um, simply how we live our life um, or even necessarily for the words that we say, but particularly because those words are testimony of Jesus Christ. And our life is a testimony to the life of faith that Christ has given us, right? And so notice, we'll be hated by all for my name's sake, right? Because of our confession of Jesus. Um, but then he makes a promise to the apostles again, but not a hair of your head shall be lost. Huh. And then by your patience, um, possess your souls. This is an interesting expression, isn't it? Um, this, this word for patience um, is only used one other place in Luke. 
again, Scripture interprets Scripture, uh, back in um, the parable of the sower, if you remember that, um, which we do hear from Luke in our lectionary. Now, the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked by the cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. But the seed, that the ones that fell on the good ground, listen to this, are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, uh, akalos, a good, uh, noble, and agathos, so kalos and agathos, cardia, right? A noble and good heart, um, keep it or treasure it, and bear fruit with patience. And there's that word for patience, hupomone. Um, I did a word search on this at some point. Um, it's like endurance. I think is a, maybe even a good way to translate that with endurance. Hupomone. Mene is to remain in place. All right. So um, that's in that parable of the sower. And the ones who keep the word bear fruit with patience. Um, also possessing. Um, there's only one other place that that word is used to possess um, something. And that would be uh, back in Luke 18. Let's see if you remember this. We just studied it a while ago. Sorry, taking me a second here. Yeah, there it is. Uh, the Pharisee and the tax collector, right? The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you, I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, and even like this tax collector. I fast twice, twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. Notice he's boasting, boasting of his possessions. Of course, uh, that's another, another confession of unbelief, right? Because they're not his possessions, they're the Lord's possessions. And even he is the Lord's possession. So anything he gives, he's, he's returning to the Lord from what the Lord has given him. All right, but here we're talking about a different sort of possession, uh, possessing our souls, right? Uh, what other caution had Jesus given them about their souls? I think probably two expressions there. Uh, the first one that probably comes to mind back in Luke 9, right? He who... Uh, loves his life must lose it, right? Whoever desires his, to save his life must lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Remember that? Yeah, and that's the soul, right? Save his life. It's the suke. It's translated as soul um, or psyche sometimes, but but it's the soul, all right? And then also, um, back in Luke 14, we have a similar expression. Again, this is on uh, regards to discipleship. The great multitudes went with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his mother and father, wife and children, brothers and sister, yes, his own suke, there it is again, life also, he cannot be my disciple. All right? So um, again, regards to soul, uh, we actually have to be willing to forfeit even our very life, our very being, in order to be a disciple of Jesus. Again, it's it's a way of suggesting um that it is not our life is not our own, nor is our our um, possessions. Right, all of these are given to us by God. Uh, Chris has some new things here. Some people have a hard time knowing what I say. They are uh, uh, stressed trying to figure it out. Yeah, um, sometimes I think maybe we say too much, and uh, I do think that again the Holy Spirit works words in our hearts. Jesus is presuming here that um, not that you have prepared a, an exact answer for every situation, but that you are um, in his word, that you hear his word regularly, right? And that those words, the words that you meditate upon in your study of God's word, uh, provide then the answer in the time of need, right? 
So, uh, for example, this happens to me, oh, I don't know, it happened uh, in Bible class on Sunday, right? Or we were talking about uh, Zechariah, and then I recalled a couple of things that we had studied together here throughout the week, and, and they applied, right? I think God really has a challenge for what I try to express. I think it is a blessing to have missionaries and pastors for us. That's also true. Remember, he's speaking here precisely to the apostles um, who are often given the task of representing God's people, right? So not it's not true that every Christian is always given occasion um, to make a, a public confession, right? Often, uh, your responsibility is simply to teach your children or to speak to those um, nearby you, right? Um, I think one of the other aspects here, too, is that the witness of the scriptures is received, um, at least in my experience, it's received best by those who trust you, right? Who you've built a trust relationship where um, you're willing to listen to each other. Yeah. So patience, patience. Um, endurance is another good way to translate that, right? So keep at it, right? Not a hair of your head shall be lost. And yes, you may be hated for his, for Jesus' name's sake, but so it is. All right. Jesus prepared his disciples for the turbulent years after the ascension. Jesus warns us that the church is always plagued with false teachers surrounded by wars between nations. Our strength is not in the beauty of the temple, the love of earthly families, or a peaceful nation, but in the Christ who suffered on our behalf. In the midst of the hatred, persecution, and suffering of this age, there is the promise of the resurrection that we will not lose one hair upon our head. In patience, we cling to his word in baptism, the supper, and the preaching of forgiveness of sins, so that we do not lose the life that is ours in Christ. Though Jerusalem and the temple fell, the church of Christ remains to proclaim life in the risen Lord. Good. All right, catechism. What is confession? Confession has two parts. First, that we confess our sins, and second, that we receive absolution. That is forgiveness from the pastor as from God himself, not doubting, but firmly believing that by it our sins are forgiven before God in heaven. What sins should we confess? Before God, we should plead guilty of all sins, even those we're not aware of, as we do in the Lord's Prayer. But before the pastor, we should confess only those sins which we know and feel in our hearts. Which are these? Consider your place in life according to the Ten Commandments. Are you a father, mother, son, daughter, husband, wife, or worker? Have you been disobedient, unfaithful, or lazy? Have you been hot-tempered, rude, or quarrelsome? Have you hurt someone by your words or deeds? Have you stolen, been negligent, wasted anything, or done any harm? We pray. O Lord, I give you thanks and praise that you have forgiven me all my sin as a free gift of your grace. You died for me because you love me, and you rose from the dead so that I might receive the gift of salvation and walk in newness of life. By your forgiveness, teach me to renounce the devil, to deny myself, and to live a holy life in the joy and confidence that my sins are forgiven. Amen. All right, to that point, let's sing our hymn. Save thee who canst alone for 
We do have a commemoration today. So let me pull that up for you. And that, I think it is Isaac, Old Testament patriarch. Yep, Isaac. All right. Isaac, the long promised and awaited son of Abraham and Sarah, was born when his father was 100 years old and his mother was 91 years old. The announcement of his birth brought both joy and laughter to his aged parents, thus the name Itzhak, which means laughter. As a young man, Isaac accompanied his father to Mount Moriah where Abraham, in obedience to God's command, prepared to sacrifice him as a burnt offering. But God intervened, sparing Isaac's life by providing a ram as a substitute offering. Genesis 22. Thus pointing to the substitutionary sacrifice of Christ for the sins of the world. Isaac was given into marriage to Rebekah, Genesis 24, and they had two sons, Esau and Jacob, Genesis 25. In his old age, Isaac, blind and feeble, wanted to give his blessing and chief inheritance to his favorite and eldest son, Esau, but through deception, Rebekah helped Jacob receive his father's blessing instead, resulting in years of family enmity. Isaac died at the age of 180, 180, and was buried in the family burial cave at Machpelah by his sons, who by then had become reconciled. Genesis 35. We pray. Almighty God, Heavenly Father, through the patriarch Isaac, you preserved the seed of the Messiah and brought forth the new creation. Continue to preserve the church as the Israel of God as she manifests the glory of your holy name by continuing to worship your Son, the child of Mary. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Prayer Collect for the Week. Let your merciful ears, O Lord, be open to the prayers of your humble servants, and that they may obtain their petitions. Make them to ask such things as shall please you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Pray today for deliverance against temptation and evil, for the addicted and despairing, for the tortured and oppressed, and for those struggling with sin. We also pray 
with Doug, Brian, and Braden who celebrate their birthday. We pray for the households of our church, that of Roger and Sherry, Matt and Vicki, Catherine, Doug, Stephen and Morgan, and Rachel. We pray in Thanksgiving, still with Tim, at the gift of healing and the commissioning of Mrs. Polster as our teacher. Pray for our catechumens, Matthew and Maureen, that God bless their study of, of his word. We pray for those who are ill, receiving treatment or recovering, especially Marcella, Joe, Pastor Coda, Kelsey, Dan, Brad, Ron, Taylor, Lenore, and Pat. Pray for our homebound, Bev, Willis, Ed, Mickey, Paul, and Pauline. Pray for the missions and mercy work of the church, especially that of the gathering place at St. Paul Falls. We pray an intercession for denial of self. Pray for those grieving, especially the family and friends of Marcia. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, that's our congregation of prayer for today. Uh, Tuesday, August 16th, 2022. Uh, it's good to have you with us here today. Uh, I did make some progress in planning out uh, this coming year's Congregation of Prayer. I'm probably about halfway done or so. <laughs> it's, it's a big project, as you can imagine, uh, to build out a curriculum each year. Um, but I, I know I have some things planned that uh, I think it'll all be a blessing to us as well. And it's good to see you checking in on the chat. We've got uh, Gus and Eileen, Vicki, um, Karen, Don and Karen. Uh, Chris is there. Mom's there. And uh, yeah, you're welcome, everyone. So I hope to see you again tomorrow morning as we pray together. Uh, and tomorrow also evening, we'll be celebrating um, the Feast of St. Mary, Mother of Our Lord, or Theotokos, if you prefer the Greek. Uh, so you can join us for that. All right. God's blessings on your day. We'll see you soon. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.